29 and something viewers, we have a very special guest with us today. Um, how about you introduce yourself? Hi, how are you? I'm glad to be here. And my name is Karta Krayam, and I'm very excited um, for this one. I've heard the, like, the podcast from before. Um, and I am in Florida right now, actually. I'm originally from Albania, and I have a master's in neuroscience and aging, and will be starting the medical school in August of this year. Amazing. So we kind of came across ourselves on Instagram. Didn't we? Um, which is, I'm very happy to come across you um, and to be able to have this conversation with you as well today and to join on the podcast. So, so cool. So neuroscience is something and just learning a bit more about the brain and the, beha- the behind and the thinking and the mechanics. Um, it's really just started to intrigue me recently. So I'm quite spiritual as well. So when I popped up, um, when your profile popped up and I thought, Ooh, this is great. And you seem to like the content that I was posting and what I'm trying to kind of build as well. So it just only sounds a bit right to kind of let the podcast. <laughs> exactly. It's meant to be it's the signs, the universe. Yes. yes. <laughs> So yeah, so um, what brought you to want to um, study neuroscience? So actually, I walked in, in the wrong class. Oh. Um, <laughs> so it was fate. It was, the it, was yeah, it was fate. I think um, I wanted some meaning in my life and I was constantly looking for it. I was in the science background. I was doing cell and molecular biology, the bachelor's over there. And I wasn't sure what I wanted to continue on, but I'm like, okay, I'll find something or it'll find me or something will hit me across the face. And it was an elective class that I went um, and sat down and it seemed like the right class, but they had changed it the last minute and like I hadn't checked it. And then I talked to the professor. I'm like, I don't think this seems like the right class, but I want to be in this class. So it was good because it was the same electives and I could have changed it. And that's when I found out that I could continue like the master's, like I didn't even know this existed. So it was all kind of like, it led me to that point or else like I wouldn't be able to find out and be where I am right now. Mm. And you must have obviously enjoyed it to then continue to do a master's with it as well. Because that's, you you can't do a master's on something you're not passionate about because it's a lot of work. A lot of it was, dedication. It, it was interesting and it was very, it was something that interested me since the beginning. And it was like intense passion that I had no issue with studying for the first mm. time in my life. Like I could wake up at four o'clock, you know, like I was excited mm. to study. Mm-hmm. See, this is, this is where I enjoy learning is, um, and how I learn I like to learn the the background to everything. So I think that's what's drawing me in so much. I've been really drawn to positive thinking and um, mindfulness and, you know, making your life how you want it, living your life how you want it, not just um, conforming to society and what, what deems us what we should do. Actually just stepping back and like, that's what I should do, but what do I want to do? what actually really kind of sets my soul alive. And so I've been really obviously drawn into that. But now I'm like, I'm, I see how things help, help me. I see how 
these types of um, profiles on Instagram, these podcasts, these books help other people just from the feedback that I get from my podcast. Mm-hmm. Like it's really inspiring me. It's great. So I'm like, yeah. okay, so there's something real and valid behind this, behind surrounding yourself in these environments and feeding your brain these things. Mm-hmm. There's something in it. So yes. that's how I want to learn. Like how can we keep our brain on off on our side? How can we keep our brain our friend? Because the brain is very powerful, as we all know. It doesn't, you don't have to study um, things right. to know that the brain is so powerful, but it's, it, you, it can work against you as well, can't oh, yeah. it? For sure. Yeah. <laughs> and very Unfortunately, <laughs> yes. <laughs> it can work in both ways. Yeah. yeah so how, how can we go about keeping it on our side? How can we keep the brain our friend? So I'm going to try and do a few analogies. Mm-hmm. Um, and oh, I love an analogy. <laughs> Anyone so, that co- co- uh, listens to our podcast a lot knows we love analogies. My analogies okay. are a little bit far-fetched, but I'm sure yours are going to be a little okay, bit more well, structured. If, if mine's are that way too in the extreme spectrum and just let me know and then yeah. we'll tweak them a little bit. Yeah. Um, so what I think of the brain is like a super protective best friend or a super protective, can you hear me? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So like a super protective best friend or a super protective parent. Mm-hmm. And they want to keep us protected and they want to keep us into not going out there because out there is the unknown. Mm-hmm. So however, in the unknown, it's where our brains likes the challenge and it, it, like, it needs that push a little bit. Mm-hmm. It needs that stress and the interaction with the outside environment and if we think like in the beginning like um like when the alarm clock um wakes us up in the beginning in the morning it's um we immediately want to snooze it Mm -hmm. because our brain goes into like oh out there is cold out there is like raining today um you should take a five-minute nap, which turns into like one hour nap. <laughs> like, yes, now, yes, yes. So all these things. And it's we we have to tweak our brain by doing the habits that we know we should be doing, but that our brain is like, it needs the little bit of the discipline in the, in the beginning. Yeah. And then we form these pathways that eventually it becomes automatic, just like how the bad behaviors sometimes are automatic and we don't think, but it's just like, it's a behavior. That's how the good, the good behavior is as well. Amazing. And what, what really stuck out to me then was like how we're always looking for the fear. We're always instinctly looking for the, the bad you know, when we first wake up, we're thinking, oh, I don't want to go there. It's cold. It's rainy. But maybe we've not even opened the curtain. Maybe we've not actually looked to see if it's a bad world out there today, but we instinctly think it's not good. Is that right? Yes. So 90% of our thoughts that we think today are actually what are carried over from the day before. And we have this idea that if we want to create a new life, right? We cannot carry the same old thoughts. Like we need new thoughts. And that is when you kind of have to fake it till you make it. You have to create the attitude that you want in order to get the outcome that you want. 
So if you want to live a happy life, you're going to have to be, I am happy. I am happy. But you also have to deal with that emotional things of like, if you're upset, if you're negative, why are these things happening? Mm. So there's a bad reputation on negative thoughts. Yeah, I want to talk a little bit about that. Yes. It's thoughts are just thoughts and we label them based on our experiences and on, on the perspective, how we see the world. Okay. And our, like, as we scroll through Instagram, there's a lot of these like positive thinkings, motivational mm. things, and it's all happy and good, right? Mm. But there comes a time that we, because we have given such a bad reputation to the negative thoughts, we have covered them to the bottom and we no longer deal with them. Okay. And then we get triggered. You know, we're having a great day, everything positive, it's butterflies and rainbows. And we get triggered because we haven't dealt with the negative thoughts. Okay. And so then when it comes up, it's, it's even magnified even more. Yes. Yes. Okay. That means that when we have our highs, we have the same, it, it sometimes feels like we have, when we have higher highs, we have lower lows. Yes. Because I found that before. The difference is so, so vast. And mm-hmm. that's because we're just focusing too much on the good and not really dealing with, with what's yeah, actually we're, underneath the carpet that we just shoved underneath. We're not them. challenging our thoughts. And that's where it comes to. If a negative thought comes, um, just don't judge it. Just say, okay, it's, it's a thought. But then we can be, okay, why has it come there? From which belief has that thought come? Maybe it was something in the childhood that we never had to deal with until now. or we get triggered by something that um, it wasn't like it was out there. Mm. So, and if we don't, because sometimes the stress of the day gets to us and we're like, I don't have time to deal with this now. Mm. But imagine every time, every day that you're like, I don't have time to deal with this now. Yeah. It affects us. And it, which is the case of it, you're bottling it up as well, isn't it? And everyone knows that bottling up is not, not good. Right. So how... Every negative thought that we think, how are we supposed to distinguish to the, the ones that may just be a, a whimsical thought, you're just in a bad mood, to the ones that we should really reflect on? Or are we supposed to reflect on every negative thought? I think we're supposed to take our time to reflect on all our thoughts mm-hmm. and understand why they're there and also create a vision for ourselves. And is that thought going to take me there? Are those beliefs going to take me there? Mm. And kind of question that journey and kind of see the journey before and Mm. question that versus not question, okay, is this positive thought or is this negative thought? Okay. So don't label it. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. And that's what, like, it's my theory kind of, because some thoughts, you know, a lot of people um, have succeeded up until now and are great, you know, like have succeeded with like the work just because like they're a perfectionist or anything like that. But maybe that is not going to help them to get where they want to go after. Mm. So it's every, every thought has a phase, I think. Yeah, I really like that idea of not actually labeling it because 
sometimes if you feel like you, you can even pull yourself down even further unnecessarily if you think why am I always thinking these negative thoughts and then and then it turns into um you're you're mad at yourself for having right. these negative thoughts and you know you're trying and then you're because you're trying so hard to be positive but if you're if you're then labeling yourself as a negative person are you going to feel more negative and bring on all these other ones which is actually in turn potentially the 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 um where that thought and belief had come from that I'm not good enough I'm not I'm not positive enough and it's the actual maybe right. the confidence side so it Either way you do it, you are right. It brings out the, the root cause. So I like that. I'm going to take that one on. Good. So good. Yeah. It's, it's like a spinning loop. And it, like, it, it never ends if we kind of focus on judging the thought. Like we'll be isolated in that circle. Mm. And a good theory, how I like to see it, is kind of step out from whatever is going on and look at it from the moon. Like whatever just kind of like, go from outside of perspective and not from just your perspective. Yeah. And that's, that's so simple, but it's so easily not done because yeah. I, I think, I think I did that as a quote the other day. Um, is what would, what would you, if you were your own cheerleader, what would you say to yourself? What would you yeah. t- tell yourself to do? And your cheerleader would tell you, go big. You want to do it do it you're going to be fantastic go for it why are you holding yourself back from it it's because and obviously that's from the positive side of things but from the negative side it's a good way to do it as well amazing so it's all about controlling the thoughts and learning from the thoughts yeah so so what other what other things can we can we do to kind of keep the brain with us how how do we do it so one of the things I found very good, and that, and this could take like one, two minutes a day, it's just to do the controlled breathing to get the oxygen to the frontal cortex. So we are taught calculus and trig and all these subjects that we never use anymore, yeah. but we're not taught the simple tactic of how to simply breathe and control it. Yeah. So why, when why we, is that so good? I, you hear about this all the time in like meditations, like breathe. It's like, yeah, I'm breathing. I breathe every day. Like why, why are you telling me yeah. to breathe? <laughs> so, okay. There, there used to be this idea. Oh, that's, that's something that science cannot prove. And we cannot see that in the brain. And, you know, it's, it was this idea out there that like, we didn't see it. Like we cannot touch it. We can test it or anything like that. Mm. But now we have seen that actually the meditation has been shown to increase the great cortical area. Okay. So, and then when we see it in a spect and see the activation in the brain, it shows the activity in the frontal cortex, which is, it helps in the cognition. It helps in, in making you more emotionally stable. So it it makes the analyzing of the problems easily. So just to do maybe like, I'm not telling to start with 20 minutes of the meditation, but even if you start with five minutes of the meditation and increase one minute each day, you'll start to see, and you'll start to kind of need that thing Mm -hmm. in your life. It's like, okay, Mm -hmm. now I need some meditation in my life. A little bit of a drug, isn't it? It's like, I need my fix of oxygen. (laughs) Yes, I had... I had a joke with my family one day because we're like had 
had to leave the house and I and I warned them. I'm like, I haven't meditated today. Oh, oh. <laughs> so, so just so you know. It's like, you know, people are like that when they don't have their coffee in the morning. Yes. You know, yes. I've not meditated. I've not had my oxygen. Yeah. yeah, I'm not good to be around right now. If we think we have all the, all the chemicals in the body in a way and all the receptors. So it takes a little bit of time if we want to produce those certain things other than like whatever we need. But if we want to feel that kind of high, it, like we can create it in our body. It, it takes time, mm-hmm. but it's like we have to feel happy within ourselves by doing the certain habits, the certain behaviors and aligning, and aligning ourselves. So that kind of leads in with that meditation, doesn't it, as well? Because there's lots of other things around meditation that the, I've heard and read that it affects the brain physically also from meditating so obviously I guess meditating I'm not the best at meditating I'm good at meditating in in like active meditation walking Mm -hmm. running but I'm not very good at just sitting breathing and being still I'm not the best at that so I obviously I do my breathing when I'm walking but how how does it affect our brain so well like how does it create all these great things that meditating is supposed to do, you know, stress, anxiety, um, obviously just in within that positive thoughts, dealing with emotion, but how does it actually, how does sitting and doing nothing do something and do something so, so, so well? Right. So, so think of the brain as always moving as like, um, highway. And it's always going, it's always full. Think of like the busiest highway that it could be. Mm -hmm. And it gets tired. If the road is like, yeah, if the road is the brain, it gets tired. And you know, that's when like stress occurs in the brain. That's when we're emotionally like exhausted. Mm -hmm. And that's like stress could lead to many of the diseases. Mm. So by kind of pausing for a little bit and that's what the meditation is it's it's not controlling the thoughts it's not doing anything with the thoughts it's just controlling how to breathe in and out and you focus on the breath and then it kind of becomes this empty space because when you do controlled breathing it it kind of elevates you in a way mm-hmm. and the more that you do it the more elevated you feel that you no longer seem to be thinking any thoughts. You're just there. Mm. And yeah. that kind of clears up the roads for a little bit. So, so everyone has space to like clean up the road and, you know, just like wash it. Mm-hmm. And after that, <laughs> we can go back on and it's like everything is more organized after. So that's yeah. how I, I like to think of the brain. Yeah. No, <laughs> okay, I, 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 I would, break. <laughs> I've got such a mental image of my brain right now. <laughs> it is right, chaos, let me tell you. Traffic <laughs> jam? Well, no, I think that's a really good way to think about it. And it does, obviously, slowing yourself down, breathing automatically makes you just stop. And it, I guess it's there that you're able to come to maybe it just slowing your brain your thoughts down just in general helps you learn that and so when because it's never good when you get carried away with your brain isn't it when you come through all these thoughts what if this happens what if this happens 
nothing really good ever really comes from that because it's always you I feel like you always spiral into nothingness and you don't achieve anything from that as well because you're only just thinking what what if what if yeah. and not what actually is going to happen we create a problem before there is a problem <laughs> and why that happens is this, is because if we think of our ancestors in a way this is how they had to survive they had to be under high stress or someone else would be chasing them mm-hmm. or you know but that was like decades ago you know Mm. and um they had to go through wars and it was that kind of Mm. social life that they had to endure in this way Mm. so now we don't really have that kind of stress and no one is going to chase Mm. us or anything but we feel like okay we have to do this and we have and we have to keep going and like it's that hustle like mentality Mm. right um if we don't do this we don't succeed and i think that's putting a lot of stress into like especially the younger generation yeah like i have to succeed or else i won't make it into this school or else like i'm going to fail i'm going to not make my parents happy Mm. and i see kids that are like with a depression or like adhd and I don't think it's the right way to treat the young generation because if they start now that way, it only is going to get worse. Yeah. Yeah. So I always find it really interesting as well when you think about generational um, cultures. And, mm-hmm. and now that just brings to mind when we're getting so far, we're getting further and further away from wars and caveman days when you had an actual lion chasing you and things like that yeah. we're getting so far away from that and it's it's almost it, you know it could be also almost that we're trying to find things to keep us running and so we're, we're picking on the, the smallest things like obviously you know in the grand scheme of things these things are small like um job career um, really pushing ourselves with that, what, how we are perceived by the society as well. We're pushing ourselves because of that. It's not online anymore. It's now society. And we're always trying to keep up. And that's like, like you were talking about the hustle and things, that time is just going so quickly. It's weird that also just thinking about that now is, and it was seeming to be coming into a spiral effect with um, anxiety and depression, like you said, with, especially with a younger generation who are coming through with through this in quite a, quite a, an easy, relatively easy society compared with back then in war days. So it's but it's also interesting how we've got this situation at the moment with lockdown and COVID nineteen. Is this our reset to think, okay, this is what's chasing you now. You've got something valid, so don't worry. Also worry about the other things. So maybe don't think about oh, what's this, what's this, what what what's get what's going to get me next. Yes. Does that make any sense? Yes. It's a tough situation because it brought out a lot of fear and Mm. it wasn't the fear. It's not the fear from the virus. It's actually the fear from the people, but they were so busy in their lives that they had no time to pause in before and it hits now. Mm. So they're worried about their immune system and out of nowhere, they're taking zinc. I went to the store like, Mm. like that one, like one day and all the zinc shelves were empty. I'm like, so no one was taking the taking zinc before? before. 
no one was washing the hands before? Like, what's well, going on? We ran out of toilet roll in the UK, so no one was doing anything like We're close to that. <laughs> it's um, and it's it's become that fear that I think we had it within us, mm. and we were so busy chasing the next thing that we not like we didn't have time to pause and kind of enjoy the moment. Mm. And um, it's um, it's a bad time to to be fearful because the fear is going to cause stress and actually it's going to be hard on our immune system. Mm. So so this is when we kind of have to analyze our lives. And I think it's good for some people if they want to take this time and analyze their lives. Okay, whatever has happened from now, where do you want to take your life? And I think we're forced to kind of go into that direction yeah. to, to kind of understand what, we, like, what was going on before. Mm. Like, were we doing the right thing? Were we hanging out with the right people? Who do we miss now? Mm. so like what do we miss from the outside world Mm. so all these things it's kind of like a reflection like a forced reflection yeah it is and it goes back to your initial point of you know of reflecting over the negative thoughts as well so I feel sad I feel I'm missing people who are like you say who you're missing what environment are you really craving so Mm. it, it I think it definitely helps is there anything else that we can do to support and affect our our mood ourselves our brain right so I like to think of the body as um or like to the brain as input to the brain output in your life okay so whatever you're putting to the brain and and that is the news if you are consuming too much news Mm -hmm. um who are you talking to at this time like Mm -hmm. Maybe there's some like other negative people that you know exactly. And um, so, so the news you're watching, the social media, an important factor is the foods. Okay. What are, what are you consuming right now? Mm-hmm. So that's pretty much the input. And we didn't know so much about the food. And especially when we're stressed out or depressed or anything like mm-hmm. we're going to feel down, we Could go to eat. the food that's the comfortable food. <laughs> And give me the bar of chocolate. (laughs) And that is the, like the most horrible thing. Like we've all have done it because it's, it's comfortable, like it's comfortable for the moment, but it actually puts us into like a brain fog. We cannot think clear. We, we get even more sad. And it's like this loophole that we spin around Mm -hmm. until we kind of knock some sense into our heads and are like, okay, this isn't working. Mm -hmm. The comfort food is no longer comforting. No, no. Is there anything comforting about it? Like obviously we enjoy the taste of chocolate. So is that just what the initial thing that we crave then? So it's, it's a funny thing because all these foods that we like, so we like the gluten, we like cheese, we like sugar. Mm. And what they actually do is when they mix with the um, acid in the stomach, they create these chemicals that actually act on the receptor of the, of the morphine and of the heroin. So we are addicted oh. to our foods. Oh. So this is why you like again, what you like. We want the drug again. Yes. But like the oxygen, like give me oxygen. It's like, oh. <laughs> yes. So... So this is a, like a new way of the oxygen kind of thing, but it's not helping us. Mm. It's in fact hurting us. So 
we have wow. to rethink. And I would like to go with this because to become aware of the foods that we eat and how we feel after. Mm. Because, because before you might be, oh, that slice of pizza looks so good. I'm so ready to eat it. You eat the pizza and you want to go and take a nap. Yeah. When instead you maybe have to study for a test or you have to go to work or you, like, or you want to be happy or excited about life. And instead you want to take a nap. Mm. So is that brain fog really what you want? Is that pizza really good for you right now? So you kind of have to rethink Probably what, you, yeah, like, what do you oh, want? Oh no, it's not. <laughs> so is it the same for everybody? Obviously, these are the physicalities of the gluten, the heaviness that will work the same on everybody or is it could be different? So everyone is different. And that's yeah. why I say it's good to be aware of how your body works. Mm-hmm. And okay, even if you go to a doctor and they give you a diet and, and they work with a process of elimination. Like, I don't think it's good to kind of take away everything from the body that your body was used to. Mm -hmm. So you kind of have to start slowly. And it's like, okay, even if you're on the medication and and you want to start to slowly take off the medication, like who don't immediately take off the medication. Mm -hmm. And that's how it works with the foods too, because some people, they could be allergic to one thing or they could be sensitive to another thing. Mm. And it's not one diet, it fits everyone. So we know the kind of foods that make us feel not great. Mm-hmm. What foods can make us feel good? So if we had a test for the next day, right. rather than go for the pizza, we decide we're going to go for something that's going to actually aid us. So what you want to think, you want to think of color in terms of the foods. The more color you have in your diet and and not artificial color or Mm. anything, but the fruits and the vegetables. Mm -hmm. So not you also, yeah. So you also want to eliminate. So you want to have a ratio larger from vegetables to fruits, because if you consider the fruits have the sugar as well. Mm -hmm. So you want to consider that like the ratio, how it is. And not be, okay, I'm going to take an orange juice instead of a real orange because that orange juice has sugar. It's, mm. it's artificially made. And no matter how they say, oh, it's like all organic or all... Like unless you are making it at your own house and you know yeah. what's organic. Yeah, it's not organic. <laughs> yeah, it's... I think, I think this term organic has taken a huge... It's just a like, selling ploy now, isn't it? Yeah. Let's be honest. It's, it's used for advertisement a lot, but I think everyone has to be aware and to do their own research in a way. Yeah. And that should just read the side of the packet. Yeah. <laughs> What's it's, actually organic honestly, about it? the side of the packet has been getting harder and harder to read. <laughs> but it's like, if you cannot pronounce the names, then, then you probably should put it in your stomach. That's so true. If you don't so, know what's going in there, then don't yeah. do it. Oh, yeah. amazing. So, so is there- and then, we have a lot of things that our bodies cannot make. So for example, serotonin is considered the happy hormone. Mm-hmm. And we need this from, um, so, so it comes from nuts. It comes from like omega-3s. So any of the fish, the meat, and that is converted into the serotonin after. Mm-hmm. And then after serotonin, it's converted into the melatonin. Okay. So 
if your diet is is not rich with um, any of these foods, kind of, then you might kind of feel a little bit down. You might kind of feel like a little bit like to have insomnia after because it's one hormone after the other. Right. Or like one of the neurotransmitters after the other. That's so interesting though about, honestly, I never knew that um, these, I know obviously these foods are healthy and I thought they were healthy for us physically and for digestion and they aided the right muscles and things like that. But I never knew that they gave us the hormones and we gave the serotonin and that I knew exercise did that. But I didn't know actually the saying, you are what you eat. I thought that was physically, but I didn't realize that it was yeah. mentally as well. And yeah. and it's almost as well, it's it's kind of like that, it's the whole self-destruct mode as well, isn't it? When we're talking about the food that we go for, when we're feeling sad, when it's almost like the brain is is thinking, oh, vulnerability here, how can I pull pull them down even further? Here, have a pizza, have a bucket of Ben and Jerry's. Um, we do the exact thing what we shouldn't be doing. Yeah. So again, that's when our brain is working against us and how we need to then, like you say, reflect on the thought to think, okay, why am I feeling sad? Rather than thinking, okay, this food is going to, this food is going to make me better when we obviously know it's not. Think about more of the thoughts and rather than thinking it externally is going to help me. So if someone was trying to then listening to this and was trying to, okay, right, I'm going to see if I can help myself. What would, what would, what would you say would be a few steps to, to help them through and help them get onto um, a, a better life through food? So I think they need to be aware with themselves and start to eliminate one thing at a time. Okay, so let's say even if they have soda, start to eliminate the soda, Mm. right? So maybe like the next week, if you see that like the soda, like eventually the taste buds change and you no longer need the feel. And once Mm. you start, like I haven't had soda for like a few years and I could have it, but I don't want it in like large amounts. Like I'm like one or two sips and I'm done. So Mm. because your taste buds eventually are going to change to whatever you've been a tasting. Mm. And I think, it, it, I mean, it, there might be some science behind this as well. Is you, do you, you, me personally, with my migraines, I associate, and I've, I've almost like trained myself into associating chocolate with migraines. And obviously the feeling of migraines is not great. So I've associated the two together. And it's not like I, I hate chocolate. I still, you know, but only in moderation. So the thought, it, the thought, the actually, I know I made a joke of it before, but the thought of eating a whole bar of chocolate actually makes me feel a bit nauseous because I associate that with feeling awful and mm-hmm. being in bed all day. So, yeah. I would, so you know, is that just is that memory? Is that just so? There's certain things that a, a belief could trigger something in your body. So you have some kind of a belief that you've considered as a true, even like if it's not been tested, but you believe it's true. Mm. So that is going to trigger something on you. And 
you're like, no, I'm not going to eat it anymore. Mm. So there's certain beliefs like that we've considered as true. And for example, with me is if I eat after a certain time, I'm going to gain weight. So I cannot eat after a certain time. But that's not like a fact or anything. It's like what I believe in. And, you know, it's mm. it's like, and I'm, I'm seeing all these kind of things and uh, start to change the beliefs kind of thing because I think that's what are keeping us stuck. Mm. How do we create such a strong mind, mindset or belief then that's going to literally force us not to do something? Because you can always think, oh yeah, this is great. I've been told that going for a run every day is great. But still, if it's not in there, so um, it's not. That's not your the vivid, your vivid mindset, your strongest belief. I'm going to think. You know what? No, I, can't, I don't really feel like I run today. I can't be bothered. How right. how can we in, ingrain that in our brain to think? No, this is our strong belief. Obviously, a belief's a belief. So you think it's just innate. But is there a way of training our brain to believe something? There is. It just takes a lot of the discipline Mm. and you kind of have to find a reason why you're doing what you're doing. Mm. Okay. Let's say you want to change a belief that you believe is actually hurting the relationship that you're in, or is actually damaging something else. So you kind of want to get to the bottom and you work at it. Be like, okay, I'm going to train myself because this is actually, it's not helping me. So what I found uh, that helps me, it's to write a lot of of the things down Mm. and kind of see, okay, like when the process of you writing it down and then seeing it Mm -hmm. and then just kind of reading it back to yourself, you're Mm -hmm. like, well, that's not really true. You know, so, and then you do this for so many beliefs and you kind of have to have insights of, okay, maybe I can do this now. And like, like you get a new idea. Yeah. And that's what happens when you're like, um, if you want to look for something, you always have to ask the right questions. Mm-hmm. So, and then not focus so much on the statements because if you focus on the statements such as, I can't do this, I won't be able to do this, I'm not strong enough to do this your brain is going to be like, okay, well, you already have made up your mind, so I'm not going to work to change any of your of, of the beliefs that you just said. Mm-hmm. But if you are focusing on how can I do this, what can I make this to change my life and how can I improve this, then your brain in a way is like, okay, she's not going to give me a break unless like I give her some answers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she's going to keep annoying mm-hmm. me yeah <laughs> so your brain is going to come up with answers and even if it doesn't work with the first one the second one eventually it's going to work and eventually you learn from those yeah so I feel like all the answers are within you but we just kind of have to detach ourselves from like what everyone has been telling us, like what everyone has been conditioning us to believe in a way. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I think uh, I really like the, um, how you said about writing things down because you, I, just, I, just, I find that so helpful for me. It's because I'm hearing it. 
I'm seeing it, I'm hearing it, I'm thinking it, I'm saying it. All those things, you've just, you've just kind of reinforced that saying, that belief five times over in one instant. And I, 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 there must be something to do with the, the consistency. It's like, a, it's like a young child, you know, they have to, how many times they're supposed to hear a word until they actually understand it right. or they know it. It's tons of times, isn't it? I don't know. Let's say a hundred. <laughs> right. right. um, that's how they learn. They learn from the consistency, the, the, the amount, like you said, you have to keep knocking on that door of your brain saying, give me answers, give me answers until you get the answer. So mm-hmm. I guess it's, it's the endurance that sometimes is the hardest part as well of keeping going. And also the failure you mentioned about, uh, it might not work the first time, but the second time, the third time, it will come through. So it's yeah. also about the resilience, the endurance, the, the, the belief. And then I, right. I guess that's where it learn, you learn the belief when, you, when you, you don't accept the failure because you have to continue to believe to, that you, to, you have to right. believe to continue. Yeah. That's the word, right way. We're, we're so used to the failure and we've, like the failure equals bad. Mm-hmm. Like everyone, it tells us don't fail, don't do this. It's yeah. bad, it's horrible. Yeah. And we've put that pressure in ourselves and that's when we actually will fail because mm-hmm. our mind is like, I have to succeed or else I will fail. Mm-hmm. But maybe each failure, if we take it as a lesson, if we change the perspective of how we take the failure, then that's when it's going to change us and, and, not, and not make us so strict into the way that we think. Mm. It's going to, to allow us to be more creative and be more open to the, the new opportunities that are coming in. Yeah, definitely. It's kind of, it's, again, it's just switching, switching the outlook on right. the situation. So rather than it's all oh, this, isn't this bad? This is horrible that's happened. You know, what, like you say, what have you learned? Because you always learn. You're always, you, the biggest point of learning is when you fail. It's, and it's so cliche, isn't it? But it's so true. So true. So my, my other reasoning of wanting to kind of learn about brains and how we're wired and how we work is because... When sometimes when I, I've I've been there as well, when I'm feeling flat, I'm feeling low, and you know, it's usually my mum. My mum will be like, Oh, come on, just smile, it's not that bad. You know, think positively. And I'm like, and I'm in that point where I'm like, don't tell me to think positively. Thinking positively is not gonna help me right now. It is not like I'm too far gone. That's actually going to make you more upset. <laughs> what what thinking positively? Yeah. Really? If someone tells you to think positive, it's actually going to trigger you. Be like, well, I already failed at something and you're telling me to think positive and you want me to fail again? So that's why. So you're like, and it's kind of like when you tell someone that is crying and you're like, stop crying. And it's like, they have so much to like cry. And it's kind of like, you don't want to stop that process. And that's when you want to kind of like, if you're thinking negative, I'm not saying to go in a loop. But you kind of have to sit and say, why am I thinking negative? What's going on? And not going to block that. Like that's the opposite that I think like we're doing. And that's why all these things are happening with the mental health. Mm. Because we, we don't look into it. It's not, yeah. it's, not it's, it's, it's kind of been um, not cool to, 
to be seen to be sad, not to address things. It's it's being um, kind of to be sad. It's to be weak in a way, and, yeah. and to be vulnerable. And you can't open up, especially with guys. I feel like they have it a little bit harder mm-hmm. because they like they shouldn't be crying or or they have yeah. to be the strong one. And mm-hmm. I feel like they're humans too. Or you know, mm-hmm. um, it's it's put such a pressure in them that it's going to affect the mental health. And who are they going to raise in life? You know, mm. how are they going to raise their kids if they cannot be vulnerable? Mm. So it's mm. it's kind of like, and especially even for the heroes now that we consider like, um, like the doctors and the nurses are heroes. Mm. And we've put kind of like a stigma on them. And even though like, it's a very good thing that like we're acknowledging them, it... Um, it has raised the suicidal rates because they are like, okay, I have, I have to be a hero. I cannot fail. Wow. So it's, it's honestly like made that like mindset into them that, okay, if I go home and I'm losing a life, like it's all in me. Mm. So it's, it's made the situation sad like I know we're acknowledging them and it's like, oh, oh you guys are, are superheroes, but they're humans. They're not like, yeah, you it's know, a, it's it, like you have to ask them too. Hey, how are you doing? Like, mm-hmm. I understand that you're considered a hero, but you're human mm-hmm. in the first place. And it, it, I guess it heightens the, the fear of failure because yeah. you've got the weight of the whole of the world now right. looking at you and saying it's all on you thank you so much which is which yeah. is lovely yeah but yeah I never thought of it that way either so when you're feeling low mm-hmm. it's more a case of understanding reflecting working it out so some people that that's what you call mindfulness isn't it it's, it's kind of being mm-hmm. mindful understanding yeah. taking a second working it out that is proven to obviously help people so if people think if people's reaction was I'm feeling low but that's not going to help me trying to work out you know where that thought it's not going to help me so I'll I'll tell you the attitude the attitude of the gratitude so when you're thinking of gratitude you're putting yourself into kind of um, the hero of your own story like, okay, I have this, I have this. And it's kind of increasing um, the confidence within you. Mm. So what you're doing is, okay, like if you're thinking from, okay, if you're scrouching over and you're like upset or sad, and then eventually you're like, well, I have two legs and I have, I have a house and I can walk. And mm-hmm. you kind of start to stand like the back straight. Mm-hmm. Mm. And your shoulders start to come a little back straight and you kind of feel more confident. And what's actually, what that is doing is actually helping to release the serotonin. So right. it's helping you to, to be more happy. So right. that's why they say to do that the first thing in the morning, because yeah. you feel in power and in, in control in your day. Yeah. And it just, it kind of, it's like a domino effect from then, isn't yeah. it? It changes the physiology and then you change the behavior that you're doing. Because if you have confidence, if you feel happy, then Mm -hmm. you're going to smile to the next person and maybe that next person is going to offer you a job. 
Mm-hmm. So things will start working in a way yeah. that you're like, well, I didn't even do anything. But no, you change, yeah. like you tweak certain things. And it's like all in the, in the details in a way. Yeah, that's so true. Sometimes you'll wake up and you're like, why is everyone being horrible to me today? And it's not, it's, 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 it's me. I'm the common denominator in that. I'm the one that's having those horrible situations with everybody. Yeah. And it's, it, it was my mindset at the end of the day, wasn't it? Yeah. Amazing. So one thing, and I like to do a lot of like physiology changes because then your body kind of changes internally. So mm-hmm. let's say, for example, in the morning, like I wake up, maybe like I didn't sleep enough amount of hours. And the first thing that I do, I force myself to smile, mm-hmm. right? And just forcing yourself to smile is like, you can't be angry, mm-hmm. right? You cannot be mad. You're just like, okay, like even if you sound, like even if you say something mean, it's like, it sounds funny. <laughs> so I hate you. I'm a right? little bit right now as I do it that. Sounds, it sounds like you're talking to the best friend and that's the kind of relationship that you have with them. Yeah. Yeah. So, and then the next thing that I do, I take a cold shower. Mm-hmm. And that kind of puts the body into shock. And when I do that, I say, okay, I'm going to have a great day and this is going to be it. Like there's no like, okay, maybe I'll have a great day. Maybe I won't. Like this is it. Like I've made the decisions. So I would say 99% of my days are great when I do that. Amazing. So you got to set a morning routine and there's so much like... If you go on Google right now and search like the morning routines, they'll mm-hmm. come a lot of things up and do a trial with each of them like every day mm. and see like whichever day like ends up being the best kind of thing and just mm. stick to that one. Yeah, I love that. I know on one of the previous podcasts, we've spoken about um, a power hour gratitude practicing gratitude in the morning um but I really like the, the the physical tangible aspects of just saying something in the mirror and smiling at yourself like a crazy person <laughs> and having a cold shower it works and, yeah I love that yeah that's amazing and but th- th- like you say and then you'll then it'll spirals on you produce that serotonin which is only going to spir- spiral on to somebody else being nice to you which is going to bring more and it just builds and builds and builds. Right. Amazing. Yeah. Thank you so much for your time. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. And, and yeah. Um, yeah. Obviously, you've got your Instagram handles. So, yeah. what are they? So, I don't know if you can, Paving My Name is a little bit hard to find through the Instagram if you can, if you can oh, write it instead. I'll write it. <laughs> don't worry. Awesome. And you're awesome. on Facebook as well, aren't you? So, we'll get, yes. I'll put that down on as well. Amazing. perfect and i i can't wait to, to, to hear any more of your episodes oh I'm, yes I'm, I'm happy that we've connected yes i'm very happy and many more connections to come i'm sure yes but thank you thank you so awesome. much you've been listening to 29 and something follow us on instagram at 29 and something to keep up to date with all the new podcasts and let us know what you think of any of the episodes by leaving us a voice note using the link in the bio messages may be used in the next episode so thanks for listening <laughs>